However, if there are consistent triggers to the thought, you are going to frequently seek out evidence to your beliefs to a point where you garner enough evidence to qualify the belief as a fact. Hi family, welcome back to another episode of Becoming. If you are new here, hi, I'm Crystal and this is Becoming. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you guys are good. Hi. How are you? Are you good? Let's make sure. Let me not just hope. Are you good? Are you taking care of yourself? I hope and I'm sure that you are because life is already hectic as it is. So you shouldn't be neglecting and being hard on yourself. You should be your own safe space. So I hope that you are taking care of yourself and that you are graceful and loving towards yourself. Once again, thank you for your support. Thank you for always engaging. It means the world. And if you have not already, please make sure that you rate the podcast and you leave us a review. All right. So today's episode is going to be amazing. I'm stoked. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it because um, the process of actualizing this episode is a process that usually yields my best bodies of work so I'm excited and enough on that right so limiting beliefs Hmm. guys what I'm about to say I might as well just brand it on t-shirts and mugs and hoodies and everything because I always say it but it is true everything flows from your mind the quality of your mind The quality of your mindset, of your headspace, translates to everything else in your life. And that's why I want us to talk about limiting beliefs. These are ideas which we have either about ourselves, others or the world that hold us back from action. They are either positive or negative, but today we are going to be talking about the latter because it's the negative limiting beliefs that stifle our growth and prevent us from actualizing our potential. So we are going to be discussing the process of limiting beliefs from how they germinate, how they are fueled, to how they ultimately take up our minds and obscure our reality and dent our identities. We're also going to be talking about self-belief here and there, then move on to examining the nature of limiting beliefs, and then lastly, how we can uncover and thus tackle them. I hope you guys enjoy the episode and it speaks to you and that you learn a thing or two or ten, whatever, whatever it is. I hope that it edifies you. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. First things first, thought to ponder. This week's thought to ponder upon is we are completely responsible for the people we are becoming. Yes, we have no control over what happens to us, but we ultimately decide who we become. So be intentional with yourself. Prioritize being a better person. Work on your mental health your reasoning capacity, your self-belief, everything that encompasses your being, your essence, prioritize that. That is it for this week's Thought to Ponder. Now, straight into the episode, A House on Fire. 
The reason why I used the house on fire analogy is because it alludes to urgency. It is a crisis. And I was reading on an article that one of the characteristics of a crisis is unavoidability. You have to act. You have no choice. There's no way around it. You have to act. One definition of a crisis is a time when a difficult or important decision must be made. The first thing when we are met with a crisis is to act, to to decide, and then deal with the consequences later. When you are in a burning house, the first thing that comes to mind isn't to call the insurers or to alert your employer that you won't be making it to work or your teacher that you won't be making it to school. But it is to get out of that burning house alive. That is your top priority. And then deal with the consequences once the smoke has settled. I want us to apply the very same analogy to our limiting beliefs. Because they are a crisis, we need to act on them with urgency before they burn us alive. But what are limiting beliefs? What are you talking about? Yes, Yago is about what are limiting beliefs. BetterUp.com explains a limiting belief as a thought or state of mind that you think is the absolute truth and stops you from doing certain things. These beliefs can restrain us so much that we start living in an entirely obscure reality, suffocated by complacency because we have merged our identities with these beliefs. My next question is, where do these beliefs come from? Where do they come from? So, (laughs) as human beings, we are... We spend half of the time in our minds formulating random thoughts and concluding on weird things. And these thoughts are influenced by a number of things. Maybe it could be beliefs that we eventually adopted in childhood, opinions held by our parents that we adopted, remarks made by our peers or our religious backgrounds. There are a myriad of influences to our thoughts and thus a million potential origins to our limiting beliefs. Many of these thoughts usually just dissipate because we have thousands of thoughts a day and they are not all going to be impactful or be of influence to our lives. So many of them just dissipate. Others we act on and some linger on a little while longer and ultimately wind up in our subconscious or preconscious mind. The subconscious we are going to talk about later, let's focus on the preconscious mind. The preconscious mind is, or rather refers to the parts of the brain that are accessible to the conscious mind, but are currently inactive. These are inactive or dormant thoughts that can easily be triggered and then brought forth to consciousness. Usually this happens when For example, you forgot that you had an assignment due. And then when you're in class, someone takes out their assignment scripts. And then you realize that, oh shoot, I forgot about the assignment. 
that thought about the assignment was stored up in your pre-conscious mind. It was not an active thought. It had to be triggered by something. That's how the pre-conscious mind works. And that's how most of our limiting beliefs work as well. So in the case where one is aware of their limiting belief, it means that the latent thought has been triggered either by a remark, a facial expression, or a realization of sort. I hope I'm making sense. And once the limiting belief has been brought to consciousness, then it is a crisis. We have to deal with it. We have to decide, what are we going to do? Are we going to allow that belief or disregard it? The alarming element to limiting beliefs that I want to talk about is that they can reach a point where they are undetectable. This happens when we constantly entertain them to a point where we no longer see them as challengeable thoughts, but rather as facts, as absolute truths. But how do they reach this point? How do we go from... um? challenging the thought and questioning the thought to holding it as an absolute truth. So as we said, what happens is that the latent thoughts are triggered and brought forth to our consciousness. And then since it is a crisis, we have to act. We have to act. So what we do is we look for evidence to corroborate or dismantle the thought. For example, um, let's say the limiting belief is I will not make it to university. Then we start looking for evidence to either validate or discredit it. Maybe, for example, um, I will not make it to university. I mean, everyone in my family didn't make it out to university. And besides, um, I'm not that smart. My math marks are pathetic. You know, you are looking for evidence to validate that thought. Or you can say, I am such a capable person. I know that if I put in enough work, I will be able to get my marks to a certain standard and attain this certain APS score and then eventually get admitted to a university. Now you have looked for evidence to dismantle that limiting belief. But this happens because we are still attached to our identity. We are still aware of ourselves. Obviously, the limiting belief or the idea that you're not going to make it to university is not going to be a consistent thought. You know, you are going to think about a million other things. It's not going to be a, th- it's not going to be a consistent thing that you're not going to make it to university or whatever the limiting belief is. However, if there are consistent triggers to the thought, you are going to frequently seek out evidence to your beliefs to a point where you garner enough evidence to qualify the belief as a fact. At this point, whenever the idea or the belief or the thought pops up, you do not even look for evidence anymore. You simply accept it because, I mean, it's a fact. It is true. So at this point, the limiting belief is on autopilot. They just happen automatically. Let me make a personal example. 
Um, I have always believed. Oh my goodness, child! This is this is too vulnerable for my liking. But I want I want to make a concrete example. So yes, I have always believed that I will remain lonely for the rest of my life because of my social anxiety. But every time it resurfaces, I am able to look for reasons to believe otherwise. But had I corroborated that belief enough to see it as a fact, I would not even have the desire to make connections because, I mean, why should I? Because I will remain alone for as long as I have social anxiety. You know, that's how these beliefs are automated. That the more you corroborate the fact that you are meant for loneliness, the more you won't even go out of your way to prove it otherwise. It just so happens that now we start seeing Crystal withdrawing. She does not make an effort to go out and meet people. She, you know, it's because it's who you are now. It's who you've become. The limiting belief has dented your identity and has obscured your reality. That's what happens when limiting beliefs are on autopilot. Now I want us to talk about the gap where you are able to dissociate between your limiting beliefs and yourself. Before your limiting beliefs are automated, there exists a gap from that point of automation and latency. This is where you are still self-aware and you have your identity intact. You are able to dissociate yourself from the limiting belief. This is where you are still looking for evidence before you can allow or accept the belief. You still possess an element of self-belief that, really, why do I even think I'll remain lonely for the rest of my life? I mean, yes, I have social anxiety, but it's just a fraction of my identity. There is so much more to who I am besides my social anxiety. So there is no way that I'm going to remain lonely for the rest of my life. Or there's no way that I'm not going to make it out to university, you know, This is because you still have some level of self-belief within you. You are aware of yourself and you are aware that this limiting belief is just a belief. It's not a fact. The gap then closes once you have reasons to believe that I'll remain alone for the rest of my life. I start looking for reasons that, look at me, I can't maintain interpersonal relationships to save my life. I always revert back to my bubble, so there's no way I'm ever going to have people in my life. And this is the actual thought process I go through, by the way. (laughs) But even the corroboration itself, even the evidence itself is based on other limiting beliefs. There's nothing factual about it. It's a vicious cycle that requires self-awareness, intention, and sometimes professional help like a psychologist because it can really get dark guys psychology therapy 1000% recommend there's nothing wrong about visiting a psychologist or having a therapist literally nothing it does not mean that you're crazy it's a preventative measure that sometimes you just have to go to therapy you don't have to have anything inherently wrong about you to visit a psychologist you can just go there as a preventative measure and to just get to know more about yourself but in the case of uh, limiting beliefs that are stored up in your subconscious you are not aware of them you are oblivious to them that's why we need to see psychologists thank you right so the next part of the episode is subtitled 
Are you realistic or is it your limiting beliefs talking? So once your limiting beliefs have poisoned you in thinking that they are absolute truths, you become an entirely different person living in their own world of fear, insecurity, and pessimism. In this state, you have lost your identity, or more so, your identity is contorted. It is distorted. Is contorted a word? I don't think it is. It is. No, it, it is. It is a word. But let's stick to distorted. <laughs> so your identity is distorted. You become a shell of yourself. You have given up on your dreams or you do not go for the things you want anymore. You no longer set goals or you push people away. Whatever the case is, your identity becomes dented. And then the danger here is that sometimes you're not even aware that this is happening. You think that, oh no, this is who I am. This is the kind of person that I am now. You know, in life we change and I just don't want people around me in my life. Um, I'm, I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine alone. That's what you believe. But the underlying factor to that is that you just have social anxiety and you've managed to trick yourself into believing that you remain lonely for the rest of your life and you've seen that as um, a fact and now you somehow have translated that into you don't need people. The underlying thing here is you are trying to protect yourself from pain, struggle, rejection and failure. That is one of the main reasons why we hold on to limiting beliefs. But then how do we tackle them? How do we tackle limiting beliefs? So these beliefs vary from limiting beliefs about yourself to limiting beliefs about the world to limiting beliefs about life in general. Usually, we maybe do not have the vocabulary to peg such beliefs as limiting beliefs, but we acknowledge that they are stifling and destructive. And sometimes we think to ourselves, why am I even thinking like this? I should not be thinking these thoughts. I'm better than this. Um, I'm definitely not that. You know, we are aware of what is happening in our mental because we are self-aware. We still possess self-awareness and our identity is still very much intact. However, sometimes the beliefs are far along that we are oblivious to them and their influences, that we believe that's how we are and that's who we are now. So then how do we deal with that? The first way is um, the outside looking in technique where you are not the participant but the observer. Usually we are able to recognize destructive thinking and behavior from other people. So this technique allows you to treat yourself like another person separate from yourself. You are looking at yourself as though you are looking at another person. So ask yourself, why is this person being yourself? Why are they having such beliefs? Um, write everything down. Look for reasons why these limiting beliefs might exist and write them down. You'll be surprised as to what you uncover. The second one is to challenge the belief by asking yourself why until you can no longer answer. This will um, draw you closer to the root of the belief. For example, maybe the limiting belief is, I'm going to remain lonely for the rest of my life. Why? Because I have social anxiety. Why? 
Um, I think I have social anxiety because I fear what people are going to think of me and I want to be perfect and I never want to embarrass myself. Why? You know, you're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until you uncover certain things that might even shock you. But most importantly, I really do suggest professional help. I do. There are various options that are accessible to you. You can do your research and find a psychologist, please. I am also in the search for one. That's why I'm advocating for it this much. So to conclude on our episode today, um, day by day we uncover new things about ourselves. We go through myriad experiences that might cause our self-confidence to plummet. But ultimately, you need to believe in yourself. Trust in yourself. Know that you are not perfect and that you will fumble here and there. And that's the point. That's how you learn. You have to experience hurdles to learn and become a better person you need to realize that fumbling and and making mistakes does not inherently mean that you are a failure and that you will never succeed you need to understand that social anxiety does not mean that you are going to die alone there is so much to you other than your anxiety think of the times that you've managed it this is me talking to myself by the way and everyone else suffering from this this disease. Oh, I, oh, guys, I am actually going to release an episode on social anxiety just so that people who have social anxiety can relate and feel heard and seen. And for people who are, or rather who have loved ones that struggle with social anxiety so that they can get perspective and be able to help their loved ones because it is the pits guys it is not nice we are going down as the social anxiety community but (laughs) sometimes you need to realize that there is so much more to you other than your anxiety think about the times you've managed it think of the many times that the worst case scenario did not even happen so give yourself credit Give yourself enough leeway to prove yourself to improve because you are way more capable than you realize. Those limiting beliefs are there, yes, but you don't have to believe them. Whenever you see or whenever you acknowledge or hold captive a limiting belief, challenge it. Prove to yourself that it is not true. Prove to yourself that it's actually otherwise. Because you are capable and I don't want you giving up on who you might become. Giving up on the potential of who you might become simply because you think that you are not worthy. Simply because you think that you are incapable. Because you are. So that is it from me. We have come to the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. Do not forget to subscribe and rate the show. Also, follow us on Instagram at becoming underscore podcast. Thank you for listening. Till next time. Goodbye.